Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for the ASHP Advocating for Impact podcast, where every episode covers a policy issue impacting the practice of pharmacy. We'll do our best to translate the politics and the legalese to help you understand how these issues affect your practice and your profession. I'm Tom Kraus, ASHP's Vice President of Government Relations. Today I'm joined by Jillian Schulte-Wall. Jillian is Senior Director for Health and Regulatory Policy and ASHP's resident expert on engaging federal agencies. Today we're going to share some updates on recent threats to the 340B drug pricing program. So Jillian, HHS recently rolled out uh, its proposed outpatient prospective payment system rule. This is the rule that governs um, how the Medicare program pays for outpatient hospital services, uh, and it has implications for the 340B program. Can you help us understand the impact of those changes? The 340B proposal this year is a continuation of the reimbursement cuts that were first rolled out a couple years ago and have been the subject of ongoing litigation. So initially, the lower court ruled in favor of the hospitals and said the CMS couldn't cut 340B payments under Medicare. Unfortunately, very recently, the appeals court ruled in favor of CMS and said, well, actually, they can. They can do this. So I believe the hospitals who are um, driving the litigation are seeking a rehearing of that argument. But until that happens, we are left with the, the OPS proposed rule. And what the OPS proposed rule does is carries over this initial reimbursement cut. So long term for the past, I don't know, at least past memory, um, Medicare Part B has uh, reimbursed for drugs at ASP plus six, including 340B drugs. But they, two years ago, decided they were going to cut 340B reimbursement to ASP minus 22.5%. And you got to also factor in the sequester piece here. So there's an additional kind of 10% that's built into that. Um, so it's a pretty hefty drop. It's it's You're getting to about 30% at that point. And so CMS has said, well, look, we're, we now think we can go ahead with this reimbursement cut. So we're either going to do this ASP minus 22.5%, which is what we have proposed, or hey, we did this hospital survey in the middle of a pandemic that only took four weeks of data from hospitals and was very specific only to 340B drugs. So there really wasn't a comparator survey of other drugs and their reimbursement to determine what's reasonable. And we think based on that, we can actually cut reimbursement to ASP minus 34.7%. And then we'll give you a 6% add-on for handling, but we're only going to do that if you take the deeper cut. And so, uh, you know, ASH P's response has been, well, that's, they're both really bad options. There shouldn't be any cuts because this program is really funding a lot of patient services and hospital services that are not funded any other way. And this is not a normal situation where hospitals have these vast reserves that have been untouched for long times or that even some of these rural hospitals have any reserves at all. And if they did, they've now probably been substantially or completely depleted by the cost associated with COVID. So I think you're really in a situation where who is, you know, what's going to cover these costs or patient services going to get cut. So that's sort of ASHP's stance is that obviously we don't want you to cut anything. If you're going to cut, you need to take the lowest cut possible. So that would be the 22 and a half percent. But if you think CMS that a 6% 
add-on is appropriate for overhead and handling of drugs, then it should be appropriate whether the cut is 22.5% or 34.7%. So we think that cut should be at that, that overhead and handling should be added on to the 22.5% cut just to kind of keep things a little bit more reasonable, even though the whole thing is unreasonable. And then, oh, by the way, one of the other things that CMS has justified this cut with is this MedPAC report saying that 340B drugs are too expensive and that hospitals are making too much profit. And that is very much a a sort of uh, rephrasing of what CMS said. But the thing is, when you look at the MedPAC report, what they actually said is, yeah, you could cut it, but don't cut it more than 10%. So you can't really cherry pick MedPAC like that. If if they say a cut shouldn't be under 10%, then maybe CMS, you should look at what they're saying and, and not take it any further than that. So that's coming out of the regulatory agency. Now, 340B has had its own set of recent developments, and unfortunately, none of them have been particularly helpful for hospitals and health systems. Yeah, I was going to mention that on the kind of the private uh, side of the transaction, the manufacturers themselves have actually been, um, as I'm sure many folks are aware, putting up barriers to 340B program from limiting access to product or limiting access to discounts for um, uh, circumstances when a contract pharmacy is employed or um, requiring additional data to be shared uh, in order to, to have access to those discounts. And so we've taken a few steps to respond to that with, with partners like AHA and um, the essential hospitals and a few other large organizations representing 340B qualified entities. So can you can you just share a little bit about that and you know what what we'd like to see from a, from HHS and and HRSA, the agency responsible for oversight of the program? Yeah, sure. So I think what happened here is when the regulatory cuts were okayed by the appeals court, it was sort of this immediately pile on by manufacturers to try to kind of cut the 340B program in kind of sneaky ways, I would say. So there are two things that are happening here. One is that some manufacturers are limiting the number of contract pharmacies that a hospital can have. And they're saying you can have one contract pharmacy And if you don't have an outpatient pharmacy at your hospital, then you can have one out in the community, but it has to be just one. And there is nothing in 340B that limits contract pharmacies. In fact, contract pharmacies are really meant to provide additional patient access. And so you're really disadvantaging patients who can't make it back to the hospital to pick up their drugs, who want to be able to pick it up at the corner pharmacy rather than having to travel back, particularly if you're in a rural space, what could be a pretty decent distance. So that's one piece of this, this contract pharmacy issue. The other is that some manufacturers are saying that they want, in order to get the 340B discounts, they want hospitals to adopt this vendor platform that will essentially adjudicate the the 340B savings, which is not how 340B is set up. So this would basically create a system sort of like claims where you have a lag and when you're actually seeing the savings from 340B show up. And the idea here is these, these platforms would help identify duplicate discounts. The problem there is that duplicate discounts are only an issue in Medicaid. And what the manufacturers want the hospitals and health systems to do is provide 
all of their claims data. So Medicare, Medicaid, commercial claims data. This is proprietary information that is very sensitive, includes patient protected health information, um, has you know HIPAA attached to it, has a number of real regulatory risks associated with just opening the doors on top of the fact that it really is unnecessary data that the manufacturers don't need for any reason other than to see what the inner workings of the hospital and health system look like in terms of their claims. So those are both things are happening at the same time. So what we have said as ASHP in conjunction with a lot of our other partners is HHS needs to step in. They need to make sure that the law is actually being followed. So this is a 340B statute. And that they need to make sure that manufacturers can't cherry pick the requirements they want to comply with. There are very strict compliance rules for covered entities under 340B. And manufacturers really haven't had kind of the same oversight. And that was supposed to change a couple of years ago. There was a SCOTUS case, the Supreme Court case, that was related to 340B that directed CMS to take some action to create regulations for manufacturer compliance, so it actually has some teeth, so that you could actually really force manufacturers to comply with their program requirements. And unfortunately, that never happened. So we really want to make sure that HHS is ensuring the program is being implemented as and followed as it was written by Congress, as intended by Congress. And then also that you're not getting into a situation where you know, manufacturers kind of running roughshod over hospitals and health systems who have no way to enforce compliance from the manufacturers and who really do depend on this program and their patients really depend on this program. So HHS has taken a couple of gentle steps in that direction. The first is there was a letter that went to one of the manufacturers, Eli Lilly, from the HHS General Counsel's office about Lilly's proposed cuts to contract pharmacies. And the tone was pretty aggressive. The uh, General Counsel said, look, we you should not assume that silence is consent. So just because we haven't responded to this yet doesn't mean that we're okaying it and that you may very well, Lilly, be in violation of federal law and that we could theoretically go after you for... Um, what you're doing right now on any number of grounds. So, however, what we didn't see in that letter was a cease and desist. And I think that's what we're looking for from the agency. We really want to see a very strong statement that the manufacturers have to stop this, that this is not how the program was meant to run. And so, Tom, I know you were on the Hill with our members in our virtual policy week Hill day um, pretty recently. And I know you talked to some uh, Hill offices about this too. And I was just wondering if there's any con- key takeaway from that as well. Yeah, you know, there's, there is concern from many members of Congress and, and, and that concern is bipartisan. Um, you know, there, there are certainly partisan differences on how Congress approaches the 340B program and, and how they think it should be used. But there, there are um, pockets of bipartisan support and you know, we've seen many members of Congress write to HRSA and raise concerns about the manufacturer's actions and, and kind of push the agency to enforce the rules that Congress intended. And, and so, you know, we'll, we'll see if that happens. You know, I think we'll have to see what actions the agency takes. We'll also have to see from the perspective of hospitals and other, other qualified entities if they, if they pursue litigation to... Um, you know, against the manufacturers or against uh, HRSA to, to take some action. Well, Jillian, that's all the time we have today. Thank you for helping us understand some of these recent changes impacting the 340B program. Thanks, Tom. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official. 
the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.